Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Kyle from Stall Agronomy. And today, let's talk about inflation and all kinds of other fun things, but Mostly, let's talk about some budgets and some of the things I'm looking at for 2024. Uh, yesterday, I drove by an equipment lot. Was it yesterday or the day before? The day before, actually. And uh, yesterday, too, I drove by another equipment dealer's lot. And as far as equipment sitting on their lot, it's probably the most equipment I've seen sitting on their lot in several years. And it, it really got me kind of thinking about... Uh, some of the things um, we've been kind of seeing start to happen. Um, I know for me, I was in the market for a GPS and a display uh, about a year or so ago, and an equipment dealer was like, well, I can't get those. It's going to be a while. Um, and then, like, I think it was two weeks later, I get a phone call that said, uh, I guess they're not making those anymore, so we're going to – we could we could sell you uh, – basically a six or seven year old display and GPS for three times what, uh, what they should be going for. And obviously I told no, uh, now I'm getting consistent phone calls and, and they're like, well, you ordered this and now it's in and, and are you, are you going to take it? And it's like, Hmm, I, I think a lot of these dealers have uh, a lot of equipment sitting in their lot. And, that really got me thinking about uh, one is inflation and two kind of one of the things um, I was kind of worried about uh, slowly going into 2024 was that we're going to start seeing farmers kind of start pulling back as we look at um, interest rates are jumping. Uh, we've got, uh, I know I've talked to a few guys that have 10% loans right now for operating notes Um and just a couple of years ago, that was like 4%. Um, that's going to be a pretty big deal. And there's a number, quite a few, um, quite a large number, actually, of guys that have bought equipment in the last three years, which we kind of know how that equipment stuff has gone. Equipment values are setting new record highs. Uh, I was looking at Machinery Pete this morning, and Greg was talking about uh, John Deere forty nine sixties and the average auction price this year was like fifty thousand, and the heck was it four years ago? It was like twenty nine thousand, and they're up like forty some percent in the last three years. And so everybody's sitting with equipment that's you know obviously we had a really good years. Um, I mean twenty twenty ended up being a pretty good year for farm incomes. Twenty twenty one was probably one of the best. And then even 2022 was a great year for farm income. And yes, a lot of this equipment is uh, could have been paid off, but obviously, you know, we want to depreciate over time. Um, guys took loans on some stuff, and here we are sitting with loans. Um, we've got equipment that potentially could be um, reduced in value very rapidly in the next two to three years, and not just because it's being used, just because the equipment market might just not entirely tank, but it's going to be pretty low. Um, all these things are kind of leading to um, not necessarily, you know, we've I've talked a little bit about, you know, is there a farm crisis coming? I'm not entirely saying that the, the, the farm crisis is here. Oh my gosh, it's starting. Um, but 
these are some of the things that get us a little bit concerned or should be getting us concerned. You know, we, we've got, um, we've got a lot of guys out there with a lot of leverage, you know, they're, they are sitting on really inflated equipment that they purchased. Um, they've got loans. Um, they've got an operating note that has now doubled at least in interest rates. Um, and guys are going to start getting and feeling the pinch after harvest here. And, you know, obviously right now, I think incomes this year uh, look fairly decent. Um, but we got to start looking at 2024 and on. You know, we always kind of get stuck in this, you know, we're worried about the year we're in. Uh, but we need to start looking at 2024. And so starting to hear some seed prices come out. I'm starting to hear a lot of other things. Um and people are upset about seed prices. Um, I've heard some pricing on seed that's up uh, maybe in our 10 or $15 a bag. So we're up like 50 bucks a bag over the last three years. And, you know, where do we save money on seed? We got to save money on seed. Seed usually is probably one area where it might seem like we're saving a lot of money and we spend all winter kind of worrying about it. And, Honestly, the way seed kind of works, I mean, you can buy some really cheap stuff, um, but you also have to realize that sometimes what you give up in value on how much you're paying for a bag of corn or beans, whatever it is, when you give up that value, um, you know that this stuff is going to be five bushel better than the other thing. So we get all worked up and it's $20 a bag more than the thing that we're going to replace it with if we buy something cheaper. And so if it's five bushels an acre lower, let's just say $4 corn, so that's $20 an acre, that's $50 a bag uh, on an average seeding rate. So if we're $50 a bag, not $50 a bag cheaper, we can't offset the yield difference between the two. And honestly, for me, when I look at genetics, and I'm independent now, used to be a seed dealer for, I don't know, what, 16 years almost, and the thing I was always would always struggle with is people would be worried about, um, you know, those little things, right? We were worried about the prices. Seat. We're worried about the programs, worried about our Beck's, um, Beck's toy catalog that we get. But when we look at evaluating hybrids, there, there's two things you should look at past all the agronomic traits and the, and the yield and stuff too is, we need to look at top end yield potential uh, for your acres. So let's say we have a great year. You know, we have amazing weather next year and we save $20 a bag. And on average, this hybrid is five bushel less. But on a year where it's a great year, maybe it's 20 or 30 bushels. You know, you've seen that. You can see, you look at plots and the plot winner and the, the low one in the plot are Sometimes 20, 30 bushels difference. Sometimes it's 50, 60 bushels difference. And that makes a pretty big deal. So when we're trying to save, you know, 15, 20, 30 dollars a bag on seed, maybe we're giving up the potential that we might have a huge return. <clears throat> and that, that's the thing we need to look at when we're looking at some of the seed deals and stuff that's going on now. And we get all worried about that. And, you know, and I've talked about this before where we're worried about the price of chemicals and we save $2 an acre by going to this guy or we save 
five dollars an acre by going to that guy and we i talked about the whole penny wise and dollar dumb thing where we're basically worried about all these little things that don't really add up the thing we have to worry about is what is your land cost uh, land cost could be 20 to 30 40 percent of what your income or your inputs are for the next year on those acres are we overpaying for land rent are we renting land that is not gaining us anything you know maybe there's a 20 acre field or a 50 acre farm or a 100 acre farm whatever it is that never performs and you know that it needs lime and fertilizer and it needs all this extra stuff it's just never going to happen for you right now and let it go there's no reason to pick up a bunch of acres that you're just not going to make money on and maybe we need to reevaluate some other farms that we're working with and and just you know, if, if there's a farm that you have that is underperforming year over year over year, let it go. I mean, you're still putting inputs into it. You're still doing all the other work. And if you're just breaking even or losing money on it, we don't need to have it anymore. It's the same thing we look at when we're evaluating alfalfa stands. We can keep a stand. Uh, we feel good about something that looks green. Uh, but sometimes after about year four or five, we look at alfalfa stands and we're like, hey, you know, um, our new seeding or one-year-old stands are getting five, six tons of the acre. And this one's getting two. And at two tons of the acre, we're not even covering our expenses. So it, I know it's expensive to put new seeding in, but it's still cheaper than keeping this old stand. And we can also put some corn on it and we get really good corn and boom, we paid, we paid for that change. So there's a lot of these things we need to really calculate into what we're doing you know we we've got just as far as 2024 we have these higher interest rates we've got you know land has been going up and rent's been going up our inflation on equipment and any and every input we have you know if you're going out and buying a mount to put in the tractor if you're going out and buying window cleaner for the for the combine for this fall if you're going out and buying microfiber cleaning cloths to to do this or or wd-40 or grease or anything else that stuff's up like 20 30 percent in the last two or three years so everything is more expensive now and where do we save money everybody's that's that's our first thing is where can we save money and honestly Besides looking at your land and trying to figure out which farms that we don't necessarily need and we're losing money on, trying to save money um, is a really difficult task. And, you know, we, we got to look at agriculture as we're not typically the kind of people that are going to be spending money on things we don't need. That's just the way it is. We, we are usually running on a fairly, I mean, we're just like any other industry ever, really. But we're running essentially on inputs that we're on the bare minimum of inputs to get what our goal is. And, you know, maybe some places we have some extra foo-foo stuff that we could get rid of. But in the grand scheme, you know, you can't cut nitrogen. You, you can't cut all your chemicals. We can't do any of these goofy things and maybe we could stop putting some fertilizer on or lower our rates but we're already probably pretty low after the last couple of years of higher uh, fertilizer costs so 
cutting more fertilizer is going to be pretty expensive. We're going to end up offsetting that with a lot lower yield. And so we've, we've got to kind of look for these cost savings really with a, a really fine, a really good calculator essentially. But the, the thing I always talk to guys about is you know, we could talk about saving money. It's just like this thing, the example with the seed, we, we could save $20 a bag, but what are we giving up? And we're so focused on how much seed costs are. And it's just because we typically, when we're paying for seed, we're done with harvest and here we are, we've got nothing better to do than worry about seed costs and fertilizer and chemistry. And we're trying to save pennies there. And then when we get in the season, that's when we, I think, have the biggest opportunity to save money or create yield potential. And we have guys that spray fungicide on every acre. We have people that put, um, in Wisconsin, we have sandhill cranes. So people that put Avapel on every single acre. We have people that put, um, put way more chemistry out there than what they need. We have people that spray everything with insecticide four times in alfalfa. We have people that do all these extra things that integrated pest management, which is essentially when we go out and develop, you know, thresholds and all these other things to help us determine whether or not we should treat. Um, we have other tools where we try to figure out if we see a visual symptom of a micronutrient deficiency, a lot of people are out there just bulk applying boron, zinc. Um, honestly, I think zinc's a fairly decent one we can use in corn, but we're, we're applying zinc or boron. We're applying manganese to corn. Max and ZMB is part manganese. Uh, we're over applying micronutrients potentially if we don't have a deficiency. Maybe we need to get better at sulfur. Maybe we need to get better at our nitrogen to sulfur ratio. Maybe we need to get better at P. Um, that's a pretty big one in Wisconsin. Maybe we need to get better at potassium. Maybe we need to have lime on these acres so that we can get the potential, the full potential of the micronutrients that are in the soil. There's all these different things we can do to make value with the things we currently have. Now, if we're going out there and spraying an insecticide in every alfalfa crop, I've done the math on this, and I told guys, you know, and traditionally we spray maybe one to two crops. I mean, it's probably about a 1.5 crops per year in Wisconsin with insecticide if we use IPM. It's very rare. It, you know, we get one flush of leaf hoppers, and that's when we're spraying. And so let's say we spray one crop of alfalfa, and they're like, well, it's it's cheap. It's it's like $3 for the chemicals. But you're also paying for the sprayer. You're paying, paying you for your time or paying someone for their time to run your sprayer. Um, you know, when we did the math, I was like, you could literally pay me $20 an acre and still save 40 And I don't charge $20 an acre, but those are the kind of things that we need to look at. You know, is there something out there that we can build on that is going to save us money, real dollars, without sacrificing yield and without, you know, potentially just hitting the easy button? Um, I mean, I, I bought an easy button just so I can press it every once in a while because it's just like, oh, that's the easy button. The easy button is spraying every crop with insecticide. The easy button is putting fungicide on every acre of corn, even though we know that hybrid tolerance to tar spot is a huge deal. And we're just going to go out and prophylactically spray fungicide out there. So we're introducing potential that we might see disease become resistant to some of the fungicides we're using. We are 
going out with chemistry and soybeans. And, and our biggest struggle, I think, in soybeans in the last three, four years has been that we put a really decent pre out potentially, or we try to cut a little bit on the pre. And then we come out with the hammer of Enlist or Dicamba plus Liberty in, in the, the next pass. And we take out the pre or the residual that's in that pass. And then here we are a month later, we're going out with more Liberty trying to kill water hemp. And, you know, a rescue pass of Liberty, it, it costs you 30, 40, 50 bucks an acre, depending on who's spraying it. And if we put $10 more of residual chemistry in, or we had the right chemistry in there, maybe we just kind of cut a little bit here or there. Potentially we could save 20, 30 bucks and not have to go back out there. And these are all the little things that really, really add up. I mean, when you're talking $20 an acre, that's more than you could save on seed. Typically, you know, you're maybe going to save five, 10 bucks an acre on seed by selecting which ones are cheapest and, going that route um you might save a you know 10 20 bucks by doing this it's just those little things don't really add up but if we do these agronomic things they really add up real really really quick you've got dairies i've got dairies that probably put way too much nitrogen on we've done a really good job in the last couple years with an higher nitrogen cost getting that down and we haven't seen yield suffer in a lot of places so in the future, let's just continue doing that. But there's all these things that we can look at for value. And, you know, maybe there's things we also can do that don't really cost us money that add us yield in the bottom or at the end of the year. Maybe we need to get better at understanding what our planter is doing. You know, the thing that I, I think I struggle the most with is we go out and spend $1,200 a row, $800 a row, $600 a row on some new equipment to put on the planter. And really, a lot of that is maybe we, the planner we currently have, we just need to be walking behind it a little bit more. And we could save ourselves, you know, 10 grand by just walking behind the planner once or twice a day um, and making little adjustments all the time. Same thing with combines, the same thing with sprayers. And there's all these things that we need to get better at agronomically, we need to get better at as managers, you know, and I'm not even a marketing guy, but marketing we could get a lot better at too marketing is probably our biggest loss of every year on what we could have sold grain for and marketing is just another huge thing that we do have to get better at and spending a little bit of time working on that and potentially having someone on your side and i've been really working with some of our younger guys to try to get them put with somebody who's going to help them with their marketing decisions just to make sure that they understand how markets work and they pay a little bit more attention to it. And they have someone who is helping them pay attention to it when they're busy and they feel like they don't have time. Those are really important times to be doing things and working with somebody who can help you with that. And I think it's the same thing with agronomy. When we're planting, when we're harvesting, when we're doing anything else, someone in your corner that says, hey, I know you're busy doing this. I'm walking the fields and I'm seeing this going on and I need you to do this in the future. And I like to be that kind of person. It's the same thing with the planter stuff. I mean, there are times where I've stopped guys from planting and I said, hey, you know, I'm walking behind you, make this change and this change and this change. And where they made the change, we've seen that where it's 15 bushels sometimes. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's five. 
But those little things really add up. And where we can create, I've called this organic bushels in the past, these organic bushels essentially where it's not not something that was it was there before we just need to figure out how to these ways to actually capture these things is essentially what we're trying to look at so my biggest part of this message is we're going to continue to see um you know the interest rates aren't going down anytime soon um it, it could be like this for a while it could be like this for years um, we could be a new normal might be six, eight percent, which is what it probably was before 2008. In 2008, the market crashed, and for the last 15 years, we've seen fairly low interest. So, potentially, we have interest rates staying at or um, maybe slightly below the levels we're at now. Um, equipment price, I think those are coming down. At, at some point, but the new values are probably not going to do that for a little while. I mean, John Deere's laying off employees, but we have to look at our reality of inflation typically doesn't go backwards, right? There's not a lot of deflation. Yes, equipment values might go down, used car values might go down, home prices might go down, maybe we'll see land go down, but always it always comes back. So we need to look at Going forward, we need to get better at a lot of these things and not looking at trying to just cut dollars from our budgets, but realizing where there's bushels we can grab that are fairly easy to find and realize that we just maybe can't do anything and everything we think we need to do to get yield. And, you know, in cheap insurance is really adds up when you're spraying fungicide, insecticide, you're putting all this extra micronutrient stuff on. I mean, I've seen guys that are $50, $60 an acre of things that they may don't or may not need. Using IPM and, and scouting fields and walking behind planters and combines and having someone in your corner with marketing, with the agronomy side, with anything else, we wouldn't have jobs. I, I, I'll say this and we'll end it here, but I wouldn't have a job if I didn't create value for people uh, organically because I don't sell products. I don't, I don't help them save money by, um, by buying cheap inputs. We help them save money by looking at what our input decisions are. Maybe we do help them a little bit on you know utilizing generic chemistry versus branded, but I still like branded chemistry for a lot of things, and there's sometimes you can't even get it in generic. But regardless, there are a lot of times that we create value that way, and a lot of it is by alerting them to things that are going on and being able to pounce on things and find these bushels. And marketers do the same thing. They, they're paying attention to the markets. They let you grab and potentially find value in places that you wouldn't normally see. I think all this is a good thing to have. Having someone in your court, having someone helping you is not a bad thing. Um, I think the hardest thing is finding someone that is willing to take some of the, the brunt of uh, some of the frustration sometimes and be willing to talk about and, and find the things that you don't like and and be willing to point it out to you and make you still do it. Um, I've had that where I had one person this year that we just couldn't work with and we're going to end it here pretty quick. But I had somebody that I literally told them what they needed to hear. And it wasn't that they were mad about that. Um, 
they just couldn't handle the fact that someone finally told them that. Um, and yeah, they didn't like being told you got to do a better job of this. This is just the reason I'm here is this, and you just can't figure it out. I hate doing that. I don't want to be the guy that has to say, Hey man, you're just not doing this. This is not working. You need to figure this out. It sucks. I don't like it. It's the same thing. I'm sure there's everybody else that does come kind of advising that has to talk to somebody and say, Hey, we have to have a conversation about this because this sucks and you need to, we got to figure this out. It's not my favorite thing in the world. And honestly, to have someone who's willing to do that for you is, is kind of hard to find, you know, it's just like a marriage or anything else or friendships. There are those times where you have to be the person who has to confront somebody and, and, and make them change or confront their issues that they're dealing with. And yeah, it sucks, but there's value in that, that that's something that I'm willing to pay for. And hopefully some other people are, that to work with those people that are willing to fight for you and do all these things for you. I'm, I literally fought for this guy and it just, he didn't like it and that's fine. But that means in the future, you're going to have a lot more issues and I'm probably never going to work with you again. But now I've gone on for two minutes about this. <laughs> let's, let's end it here. But I really think we need to focus on the right things going forward. Make sure that we're understanding what our input costs are and, and look for those bushels that aren't just easy to, or that are easy to grab, that aren't just the easy button stuff that's fungicide and insecticide, saving $10 a bag on corn by bitching and, and, you know, going to a different brand or threatening to go to a different brand. Look for the value in that seed purchase. Uh, make sure you're not giving up potential on good years, um, to go for a cheaper bag of seed. Um, make sure that you're just looking at all these things together. And I, I think there's a lot of value there. I think there's a lot of stuff we can do to change that would help us quite a bit. And I really think we can have a great year next year, but if we make poor decisions from now on, we could really be punished for those in a very, very rapid manner. So hopefully you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com, and our other social media for more information and other episodes.